Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Hey, man, how's it going? Very good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. Anything exciting going on in uh, in your neck of the woods? Um, well, exciting in in a negative way. My uh, my wife lost a diamond of her wedding band, so oh, no. we've uh, spent quite a bit of time on our knees in the kitchen and through the house to uh, to see if we can dig it up somewhere. But uh, so far, oh. uh, no luck. And uh, other than that, uh, we've had a week with two days of snow and two days of 18 to 20 degrees Celsius. So wow. it's, uh, it's been an interesting a, week. Yeah. What a temperature range. I, you know, losing a diamond is like one of those just fears. So my wife is a surgeon and so she will often just take off her wedding band or wear mm-hmm. it around a, a necklace. And I'm always worried that it's going to like fall off and it'll, it'll be, you know, lost in the, uh, Lost in the OR or something like that. Yeah. Well, hopefully she uh, she doesn't lose it during surgery because that would be kind of inconvenient. That would be disastrous. Yeah, you're not getting <laughs> that one back. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sure. how, how, how was your week? Um, it's, you know, it's been okay. Uh, my in-laws have been in town, and, and that's been it's been good. Um, you know, they've uh, been spending a lot of time with our, with our son, so um, kind of has given me some time to catch up on a few other things. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, but everyone's been happy, healthy, and the the weather hasn't been too bad. So, and just enjoying the sunshine. That's great. And, yeah, uh, yeah, not much to catch up on on biathlon. It's uh, yeah, it's the the quiet uh, season, which isn't which isn't yeah. too terrible. Yeah, had a, yeah. a couple of retirements. Uh, Julian Eberhard uh, uh, retired. He uh, actually had a lot more experience than than I thought. We were just looking it up, and he's had uh, two hundred and thirty World Cup starts. So. Um, he has been, I guess, just been around a little bit longer than I thought. He um, he made his his debut in 2006, so I uh, definitely one of the more experienced guys out there. So I guess okay. it shouldn't be terribly surprising that that he retired. Yeah, yeah, and he uh, I, I, again, I, I was just reading this. He he had finished, you know, fourth in the sprint in Pyeongchang at the Olympics, and I I had just completely forgotten that. Just one of those things that I just had lost. But nice to nice to remember a guy when he's retiring. Just to remember his. Remember his highlights, and then oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, shortly after that, Martin uh, Jaeger also decided to retire. So it's another another retirement for the the Swiss Federation, joining mm-hmm. uh, Benny Baker and and Selena uh, Gasparra. Yeah, I really hope that because, uh, I mean, we've seen some uh, large nation retirements in Eric Lesser, for example. But uh, I I always dread a little bit when I see one or more retirements in nations that are typically a bit smaller although swiss mm-hmm. is, is quite a big uh, big nation but um you know you did on the smaller nations one or two people retiring can have a major impact on on funding and um you know a lot of the the managing of the team so it's always hard to see that absolutely and and, and we talked about some of the young swiss guys coming up and mm-hmm. got some big shoes to fill and they gotta yeah, for sure. like, grow, grow up quick yeah you know, for some that works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, kind of thrown into the deep end a little bit. Um, and then the other big news was uh, it looks like uh, Marta Olsby-Roysland's husband 
is the uh, new head coach of the German women's team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems, um, seems like within the coaching slash management of the German team as well, of the French team, there have been a couple of changes and I, uh -huh. I can't say that I'm really up to speed on all the details, but uh, I noticed that there's definitely a couple of things going on and um, some tweets about not sure who's going to stay, who's going to go, et cetera. So probably a lot of contracts um, ending after the Olympic season. Mm -hmm. Yep. That so, was my thought uh, as well. Yeah. Sure, many of them get renewed, but uh, you never know what uh, what will happen. But as far as I know, Eric Lesher hasn't been hired by the uh, finished finish by an <laughs> union yet. So, uh, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see what other what other big changes get made. And um, yeah, those were really the only big things I thought that happened in in the the general world of biathlon. Mm -hmm. So that's it. It's been a great show. Uh, just kidding, guys. <laughs> We actually we just wrapped up a um, a really fun uh, fun interview. Absolutely, we uh, we talked to someone uh, again of one of the smaller uh, biathlon nations in uh, in Latvia. Um, we talked about a lot of her her interests and and what keeps her busy and um, how she uh, sort of runs a a uh, what do you call that? Um, a weightlifting and uh, an exercise <laughs> camp in a hotel every now and then. Yeah, um, she talked to to us about uh, why uh, she has a tattoo or more what it represents. Um, of course, we talked a lot about biathlon, and um, we're talking about Baiba Bandika. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun to uh, to have the interview. I was uh, as I mentioned earlier uh, to you, Jordan. I was very impressed with. Uh, not only the time that she gave us, but also how, how well uh, her English was. Um, it was just great fun to talk to her. Um, yeah, I, I, was, uh, I, I was blown away. Um, I know that English is more common you know, out there, but I, if somebody had asked me to do an interview in Latvian, like I just would have sat there dumbly and not been able to answer a, a thing, right? I yeah, just had yeah. no idea what anybody is saying. And, uh, we were able to have like a, a, a really, really good uh, conversation. So um, I, I'm hopeful that uh, we'll be able to have her on a little bit later this year, uh, maybe as the as the season approaches, because there were a couple of questions that uh, we sort of left open-ended a little bit about training and, and areas for improvement and whatnot. So we'll see how mm -hmm. the, the summer shakes out for her. Yeah. So uh, I hope that everybody uh, will enjoy it as much as we did. Uh, Jordan, just before we uh, go to the interview, I just wanted to talk a little bit about a, uh, a new analysis that I did about Biathlon Nations. Mm -hmm. um, it is available on my website, on the Tableau public website that I use. Um, the links can be found either on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. And uh, it's just about uh, the last five years of, of data for all the athletes representing their nations. I'm looking at uh, strength of the nations and the depth of the nations at the different levels. So IBU Cup, Youth Junior, and uh, World Cup level. And, um, you know, no shocking outcomes in the sense of who the, the strongest nations are, but uh, I still think it, uh, it was a, a lot of fun for me to go through and uh, put quite a bit of time in this one. And uh, I really uh, hope that people will have a look and enjoy it and 
any feedback can be sent to Twitter. That'd be great. And uh, that was all I wanted to say about that. Definitely go take a look. Uh, there aren't. It's not necessarily surprising, and and which nations are you know the the best or have have accumulated the most points or anything like that. But just uh, I think being able to look at it. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna compliment you here. Uh, the way that you lay it out, it makes it very. It, it, uh, the it just it's different, right? It's not a normal way you would see data presented, and it is more um, aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> it's just uh, it's it's I think easier to to kind of get the uh, the true uh, the true values that you're that you're looking at. So um, definitely, everybody go check it out. Uh, RJ shared with me the the, the data he was using, and uh, I spent a lot of time last week going through it. Um, and uh, I'll tell you what, it was only just the, the rough data. He just started putting it together and the, the finished product looks uh, looks phenomenal. So please, please go check it out. Cool, thank you. Um, so unless you have anything else, why don't we just uh, move on to the interview? Let's get to it. All right. Through the eyes of. Thank you, Baiba, for coming on our show. Um, do you mind just introducing yourself briefly, just as a as a person, uh, rather than the biathlete? We'll get into those details later, but uh, just kind of where you're from, what your hobbies are, etc. cetera. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Baiba Bendik. I'm from uh, Latvia. So it's a really small country, but a beautiful country, and I'm... Uh, really proud uh, Latvian. So uh, yeah, my life has uh, mostly been uh, been in sport and in uh, biathlon. So that has been a big part of my life. But uh, I have also finished some uh, studies in tourism management. So so yeah, after school, it, I have been a full-time professional athlete. But uh, and it's not so much time maybe for other hobbies and everything. <laughs> so, so yeah, vitally it is like my work and passion on the same time. Right, right. And did you have any idols when you were younger and starting in biathlon or, or other sports? Like, did you have anybody to look up to or? Uh, yes, I was uh, watching biathlon already as a small kid. And uh, yes, as uh, many athletes uh, as for me in uh, in my age yeah we all was looking up after Ule Narbjørndalen mm -hmm. and uh, in Latvia we had also really strong uh, team back then with uh, Ilmar Brits and uh, other athletes so yeah we were always following also their uh, performance and uh, it was yeah it was uh, kind of nice uh, memories from from childhood when when i w even wasn't uh, in biathlon myself that i already followed the the races on television mm -hmm. and it, is biathlon a, a large sport in latvia or like is there a lot of people <sighs> that do it or ah uh, it's not uh, big but it's uh, quite popular so okay. a lot of people uh, love to follow it and uh, and uh, yes of course uh, the kids could could be more but uh, hmm. but uh, i think mostly everyone knows what biathlon is and uh, 
it's one of the most loved uh, winter sports in Latvia, I think. Oh, cool. So when you were younger, uh, you mentioned you were into sport. Were there any other sports that you did besides uh, biathlon? Uh, yes. Uh, as, a, as a kid, I also did like all the running uh, and uh, regular skiing uh, mm. races. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, I also did uh, some orienteering sport and uh, and also floorball. Oh. So so yeah, I have tried also different sports. So I had uh, from to compare with with other sports and and <laughs> yeah. uh, to understand that I like bad biathlon the most. <laughs> nice. A floorball that is it floor hockey kind of with the the yeah, light yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So, Okay. Yeah, yeah, with ball and yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. And so, so when you started getting into biathlon, could you kind of take us through how you went through the levels? I'm, I'm starting. I'm assuming you started at kids level, but then within Latvia, how did you sort of get to the the higher levels, and then how did you join the uh, the IBU organization? Yes, I was starting uh, in quite early ages. So I think around the age of 10. So I started from the, the smallest, uh, smallest groups. So where you, where you shoot uh, with, uh, with how you call it, the, not the help, but yeah, uh, support. And, uh, but yeah, uh, in Latvia, it's, uh, it's mostly till you get uh, to the Yauso junior level, a lot of uh, a lot of help uh, goes uh, from the parents, so mm -hmm. they were supporting me a lot, especially dad. So, so yeah, and uh, but uh, I kind of had a quite big passion already from the childhood, so the time went uh, actually quite uh, fast, and I. Never had the uh, like idea that I could uh, skip the biathlon. Of course, it wasn't easy to like uh, do the biathlon and the studies, but uh, mm. but uh, yeah, the the first competitions in uh, in the Yaus festivals and the uh, Yaus uh, World Championships, uh, it uh, it was uh, it was fun and uh, and uh, I did some. Uh, some okay results that uh, kept me going to to the higher level till I mm -hmm. became uh, junior and uh, could reach the national uh, national team. Okay. And then you did quite a bit of racing at the IBU level as well, right? The IBU Cup. Ah uh, yes, the first years, especially when I was a junior, it mm -hmm. was. Uh, it was yeah some races and IBU Cup and when we got the qualification we did some races in World Cup but uh, but yeah but the main focus was on IBU Cup and uh, and but uh, yeah on that time there was like uh, just uh, free free quotas on the World Cup so we joined there there but uh, in reality maybe or my level in the first years wasn't uh, ready for the world cup but uh, we just uh, 
just uh, went there because yeah it was uh, as for many countries after olympics many athletes retire so there was uh, free spaces uh, free spaces as uh, as yeah it was like uh, age age change and the uh, biggest part of uh, previous women team uh, was away so Okay. We juniors needed to step up for the World Cup, so so yeah, it was uh, between uh, World Cup and uh, IBU Cup. Okay. So, um, for those of our listeners who don't know, uh, uh, we you also uh, have spent some time racing cross country skiing. So I was just wondering, how do you kind of plan, you know, and figure out? how you're going to you know split your time between cross country and uh and biathlon uh, uh it's been uh, it's not like uh, i have regularly done that like uh, mm-hmm. last season uh, uh i had the kind of free time after biathlon world championship uh, and we planned to with my coach that I could uh, try to race in uh, in cross country world, world championships uh, just to have fun and see the atmosphere mm-hmm. and uh, yeah we had uh, we knew that in this year's uh, olympics uh, the 30k will be in freestyle so mm-hmm. that uh, seemed for us quite uh, interesting and uh, nice uh, nice challenge so yes, uh, also this year I I raced some uh, cross country ski races uh, just to fill the qualification for our uh, Latvian cross country country team. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, it was uh, it was interesting uh, challenge and uh, it's I haven't been haven't uh, done the races in classic style since uh, child, childhood. So mm-hmm. that was. Uh, Kind of fun also to switch uh, some in some moments uh, your mind off the of the biathlon. <laughs> yeah, sort of serves to to mentally refresh you a little bit, I would imagine. So if yeah, you but, were gonna, but of course, uh, I'm sorry. Knowing the biathlon schedule, yeah, it's not not easy to to get mm-hmm. in some cross country races between. But but yeah, it yeah, was. And Fun challenge. <laughs> I see on the FIS website that you're pretty good at roller skiing too. Ah oh, yes, in uh, in uh, summer I catch some uh, roller ski ski races also just to pick up some uh, points as I haven't uh, been races in fish races so much, so I needed some uh, races to get the a qualification so i can mm-hmm. get to get to that uh, 30km mm-hmm. race even though i i held uh, like uh, i'm strong enough but yeah you you i just needed to pick up some races to get those points and i'm i'm kind of going off the biathlon track here a little bit but i see that you did a roller skiing race in Lusebotten in norway is that the blink festival where you go I, up that steep hill? Yes, yes, uh, that's uh, our regular summer summer schedule, and oh, okay. I really love and enjoy that race. And it's actually kind of nice uh, race to to see your your level. 
against mm-hmm. the best cross country skiers and other athletes. So, so yeah, it's uh, always uh, a good and hard race to to participate in. Mm-hmm. So this uh, this past year in the Olympics, you raced both cross country and biathlon, correct? Yes. Yes. So. Was there, I mean, it was really cold. Was there ever a time where you were thinking, what on earth am I doing? Why am I racing all of these races? Uh, yeah, especially on uh, on first days uh, with the w- big wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, uh, in some moments, yeah, it felt like you j- can't even breathe when, uh, when uh, wind uh, is uh, blowing in the face. So, yeah, it was... It was challenging conditions, but uh, luckily, coming closer to race days, it wasn't so so bad. So mm-hmm. it uh, it was cold, but uh, but it was it was okay cold. I, I can say. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I I live in in Florida, um, so it looked extremely cold to me. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it was, and uh, it. Uh, I think uh, none of athletes was happy about the the we- cold weather there, but uh, we I think everyone knew that it will be like that there, so everyone mm-hmm. was uh, was ready for that. Mm-hmm. So changing gears just a little bit, uh, we talked a lot about biathloning and cross country skiing, but if you were going to choose an entirely different sport to to try out and to 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 uh, perform in, what would it be? Uh, I think it uh, might maybe even I'm uh, I'm really short and maybe it wouldn't be the best for me. Uh, I would uh, like to say the long distance running or trail mm-hmm. running. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I have enjoyed uh, running from the childhood. So so yeah, I think uh, that that might might be something for me. Have you ever run any uh, half marathons or marathons or anything long distance? Uh, yes, I have run a marathon once and uh, some two times, I think, uh, half marathon. Mm-hmm. But I have done also some uh, sky mar- marathon, which is what is uh, like uh, longer trail marathon races. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and those are also fun. So. Yeah, that's excellent. I mean, that's uh, also something you can keep doing after, uh, you know, after your your IBU career is is over. Um, I mean, it's uh, something you can you can join into even even when you're a little bit older. Yes, yes, maybe it's. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, especially trail running. Uh, mm-hmm. They have uh, a lot of uh, exciting races, and I love to be in the mountains. So, I think that might uh, might fit me. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Hey, one thing we like about biathlon is the the contrast between the two two parts, right? The shooting and the skiing. Can you think of any other two sports that, if you would combine them, would even come close to biathlon? Mm, good question. Huh. Never have thought about it. So, <laughs> yeah, good question. We can so, think, yeah, pops yeah. up, up say, in the mind straight. It's funny because uh, we recently asked uh, Scott Gow the same question and, and uh, we paused on it and uh, we ended up coming back at the end of the interview to see if uh, if he had a better answer. It's it's a challenging one. Yeah. <laughs> I think if anything, it's it's showing that uh, 
how how unique biathlon is, I suppose. Uh, yes, yes, I think so. <laughs> so, so you told us you're a, a proud Latvian, and um, so we would never suggest to switch to any country. But if you just, you know, for one race, could pick any nation to represent, which one would it be, and why? Uh, I would say Italy. Because I have mm. been uh, spending a lot of time there, and uh, there are, I think, even some people that thinks that I live in Italy. So, <laughs> so yeah, and also I'm kind of good friends with Ita Italian team. So, so yeah, I would say Italy. Is that where you do your um, like your preseason training or your uh, the the kind of training during the breaks? Is do you do you base yourself in Italy? Yes, I do a lot of uh, training camps in uh, in Italy in uh, in winter time in Livigno and in uh, summer in Stelvio in in high altitude. So yeah, that's has been my base place for few last years. So mm -hmm. I have spent quite a lot of time there, and uh, even now after the season end. Uh, in Oslo, where I, when I spoke with few athletes, uh, they were asking me, "Where are you going next to, to live in you?" I have said, "No, no, no, not not this year." And they were laughing, yeah, and <laughs> they are su surprised that I'm knowing, not going back there again. <laughs> will Will you head back there uh, before the season starts, or are you just gonna train in, in Latvia this this summer? Uh, no, I definitely will uh, go go back to high altitude. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe not in the upcoming months, but uh, but uh, definitely I will be back in autumn and before the season. Um, one thing that we've seen a lot of the uh, athletes doing, and yourself included, was uh, sort of using April as a as a break and and going on vacation. So you already told us that you went to to Cyprus, but. You also said that you were doing some training. So what kind of things do you do in April kind of as the season winds down? Um, you know, what kind of training are you really, are you doing at that point uh, while you're, while you're also on break? Uh, I just uh, try to, to do what uh, feels the best on the, on the day when I wake up. So if I feel mm. doing nothing, then I chose to do nothing. But uh, <laughs> I mostly try to still stay active. So I'm not in uh, so bad shape uh, when I start <laughs> training again, again in May. In May, So mm -hmm. and this time I had a bike with me. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, it was a mix uh, from with uh, running biking and mm -hmm. some uh, some easy easy core strength trainings just to yeah just to keep uh, the body in uh, in good feeling mm. yeah I, I work with a lot of athletes and making sure that we're doing some some cross training is always a good thing just to keep the body a little more fresh so uh, if yes I I think it's best yeah if the uh, IBU would uh, stop existing, what what kind of job would you do? You think? Uh, I would say, yeah. At the moment, uh, I think the best uh, still for me would be like uh, working as a, a coach or uh, 
like uh, some advisor but uh, but yeah as i have finished the studies in tourism i think i could uh, find some job also there but uh, but i haven't uh, uh been thinking about thinking about it so much as i'm planning to raise few more years and so right. so i'm keeping my head in present and uh yeah don't think so much uh about the future at the moment <laughs> yeah and i don't think the ibu is stopping anytime soon either so no <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um speaking of the ibu um can you kind of tell us a little bit about what your average week uh, on the World Cup is like kind of um, when you arrive at the at the uh, the location and kind of how you spend your time the week leading up to the races. And you you can tell us about what a normal week would be like, and then also what a what a week during COVID was like as well, because I know those were were very different. Oh, yeah, the the first week uh, almost always starts with like changing location, so it's uh, traveling and annoying uh, packing and unpacking so so yeah it's like uh, travel day uh. so during the week I usually try to do one uh, strength training so I keep uh, keep also doing the proper strength uh, trainings also all all winter so that's uh, mostly on Tuesday or Wednesday uh, depending on uh, what day I have the, have the race. And uh, yeah, there might uh, be also some uh, intensity training, but, uh, but overall trainings are not so long in the winter. And, uh, and yeah, and there are maybe some, some easy jogging and running uh, or running when, uh, when uh, we are not uh, skiing and, and shooting. So yeah. yeah. Then uh, it's mostly Friday, Saturday, Sunday with the races, and uh, yeah, there. Then day goes uh, goes quite fast, and uh, it's mm-hmm. it's all about uh, preparation for the race and uh, just saving the energy to 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 give it all out on the race. Mm-hmm. And do you like? When when it's sort of the downtime, do you mostly spend time with your teammates or certain athletes from other nations? Or ah, uh, it's mostly goes uh, in in my own hotel room where yeah, I might uh, watch some uh, some YouTube videos or some film or yeah, or just uh, speak uh, speak and spend time with my teammates. But uh, but yeah. As uh, last last season, it hasn't been so much gathering around with other teams. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's uh, mostly staying uh, in our own uh, little team bubble. Yeah, yeah. It, when you're watching, um, when you're watching film, uh, can you kind of tell us what you're looking for and, and what kind of things you're trying to to identify? Oh, it's not. So much specific, uh, like it's mostly just uh, searching something random and uh, easy to watch. Mm. So, so yeah, it might be also some some series, but uh, but nothing specific for me. Okay. Do you ever get get out and see the uh, 
see the the villages or the towns at all? Oh, I mostly try to do it uh, when I go out for a run. So it's easier to to see places when you are running, and as it's faster, so mm -hmm. you don't get uh, so tired from walking. But uh, but yeah, if the World Cup is uh, is in the city, then then yeah, you might uh, go go some some uh, and see some places by by running, but uh, not so much uh, typical uh, tourism mm -hmm. sightseeing. Yeah, you're not you're not stopping at the museums. No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> just just uh, more or less the beautiful landscape and then things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So next off, we'll we'll go through a, a couple of questions where really the first thing that comes to mind uh, would be great. So the first one is: uh, Let's assume there's a major snowstorm just out outside of an IBU event location. And that makes you that you cannot leave the area for a week, but the area itself is fine. And there's not, you don't have to stay in a house or anything. What location would you want to be stuck in? Uh, one place might be Shushan in uh, Norway. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it's a really nice and uh, nice place with uh, cozy apartments and uh, and uh, beautiful nature so it's always nice to go back there and spend spend some uh, training there and i don't think it's unlikely there to be snowed in either is it <laughs> uh it's uh yeah it's uh it can be really good weather in the there and uh, also with some rain and wind so but mm. but anyway it's uh it, it's really nice place when it's sunny <laughs> So, do you have a favorite uh, course or a, or a least favorite course on the uh, the World Cup uh, circuit? Uh, uh, I think uh, almost every athlete would say Anholz, but uh, that's too typical. So, <clears throat> I really like uh, Canmore, and I al mm. always love to go back there, even we. Don't get uh, a chance to go there uh, too often, but uh, I have some good memories from there, and uh, I really love the place and the city, and uh, it's yeah, it's always a nice place to go. And that was your best result in the World Cup too, right? Yes, it was uh, my kind of breakthrough in the World Cup, and uh, yeah, that's also also additional uh, good memories from there but uh, but but even without that i always uh, love to go there i like that you mentioned it because i i actually practice there because i live in calgary and uh, a lot of people that have trained there a lot they always tell me that it's one of the nicest uh, biathlon ranges and and uh, ski areas in the world and i can't compare it too much else um but i I really like that you mentioned it as a, as one of your favorites. Um, you mentioned earlier that uh, one reason to to do the uh, cross country skiing was to kind of see the atmosphere. Um, we've we've talked a lot in our in our podcast about the uh, sort of biathlon family atmosphere at the IBU. Um, did you see any differences between biathlon and cross country? skiing and and what makes the biathlon family so unique 
Yes, it uh, it actually was quite big difference. Like even when I went to world championships in cross country skiing, it uh, in biathlon level it felt like uh, IBU Cup. So all the organization and atmosphere is uh, uh, okay. Maybe atmosphere on the races was was fine, but uh, organization is uh, a bit messy. So so biathlon is. Uh, quite uh, ahead of cross-country skiing I think uh, so so yeah and also also the atmosphere with between athletes in uh, in Baitlan it's it's yeah it, it has that feeling of family and it's more more friendly and uh, not so stressful I think mm. um, so this is kind of a, a funny question, but if you could sort of switch places uh, with with any person um, in biathlon, um, you know, whether it was just uh, for for one single race or you just wanted to to you know just switch spots with them, who would it be? Uh, I think it uh, would be interesting to see the maybe Norway team from inside. Mm -hmm. so yeah for example i could maybe switch uh, with Tyrrell and uh, see how her life with uh, with ingrid is and uh, how, they <laughs> how they spend their uh, days prior the races so 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 i think that might be quite interesting to see uh, their team spirit and and, and everything mm -hmm. What athlete would you think would be most fun to go have a, a drink or a meal with on the World Cup? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Tyrrell, I think, uh, always makes uh, a lot of fun. And uh, I would may maybe pick uh, also Doro. Mm -hmm. So... So I think, but uh, I think there is uh, a lot of uh, athletes in in Baitlan, uh, with uh, whom it would be fun out there, and uh, yeah, and uh, it's always uh, fun when we get to have some uh, closing uh, party in Baitlan. So mm -hmm. then you can feel the most that yeah, everyone is. Uh, is uh, is in part of a big family so so yeah it it could be almost uh, anybody um so speaking of when when you're on uh, when you're when you're on the the world cup um do you find that you end up spending more time with one particular uh or or athletes from one particular team or um do do you notice that uh, there are any particular groups that spend a lot of time together um, on the World Cup? Uh, I actually don't uh, don't uh, speak so much during the race times, so I mostly focus on my on my own race and uh, and uh, I think uh, with the teams it's uh, it's mostly. You like uh, communicate the most uh, with the athletes that uh, and countries that are near near you. Uh, for example, in the Zurich. So for us, it's 
uh, mostly our uh, neighbors, Lithuanians, or maybe mm -hmm. Bulgarians, and and uh, some of the small nations. So, so yeah, it's uh, it's uh, one one thing uh, from that side, or uh, or yeah, other thing is yeah, maybe the athletes that are my age and uh, like. You, I can actually kind of start to feel that I'm getting older, and there are less and less athletes my age. So, so yeah, I think the most contact it's is still with the athletes that are similar with my age and that I have raced in uh, junior years uh, together. Sure, yeah, the the ones that you've been around with uh, for the most time, and and uh, you've you've kind of grown up together, you know. Yes, yes, yes. If the IBU uh, decided that they wanted to have one more special bib to the World Cup races, and they asked you to uh, to decide which one it would be, what color would it have, and what would it represent? Uh, there has been like uh, already made uh, bib by athletes. It's thirty 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 three plus, <laughs> so it's a silver bib. Uh, what goes to athletes that are older than thirty three? years of age so i think that's kind of cool idea to see the see the strongest athletes that uh, has a long career so so yeah i think uh, that uh, might be made uh, for real i think <laughs> and that that's one of your goals for the next uh, or in a couple of years to get that bit Oh, yes, I think I will uh, still be race racing uh, when I will reach that category. So <laughs> I might be be racing uh, for that for some year or two. So, but we'll see. Is that still the uh, the knitted one that uh, Susan Dunkley made, or do they have official silver bibs now? No, oh, it's the 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 same the Susan did. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> yeah, you, you're, you're still, you're still young. You, you, you don't even qualify for the silver bit. <laughs> uh, I, I feel very old right now. Um, because I would definitely be in the, in the silver bib category. Um, so you mentioned earlier, you said, uh, it was, it's kind of fun when, you know, at the end of the season, you can kind of have a, a little get together. Um, and, and we all know about, uh, the, uh, the big party that happened this year because of uh, everybody getting getting COVID afterwards. Um, so which team, if, if somebody's going to get the party started, uh, what what team is going to be the one that uh, that kind of gets everything going? Um, from this year, I would maybe say Norway or Swiss. Mm-hmm. Mm, the Swiss. Which, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I think, but 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 uh, but yeah. Starting might might be Norway. <laughs> are they? Are they? That was I think Scott's answer as well. Are they? Are they known for being the uh, the wild ones? Uh, uh yeah, kinda. They have a lot of energy, so they know. <laughs> How to raise good and how to rest good. So, and I think that's one of the best combinations because, yeah, you yeah. 
you need to be a professional athlete, but you need to know how to switch your mind off also. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how, so you, it seems like for you, switching your mind off is, is a lot of, uh, is sort of doing other things, you know, like, like riding your bike or going for a run. Are, are there any other things you use to sort of switch your mind off like that, especially like in the off season when you're, when you're not constrained to being on the world cup? Uh, the easiest way always to switch off the mind is I think, uh, to change environment. Mm-hmm. So, because, uh, when you're home, there is always the rifle somewhere around or skis somewhere <laughs> around, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not so so easy to switch off. But uh, but yeah, it's as uh, we athletes travel travel a lot, so sometimes it's uh, the best to just be around uh, around family and spend some time with family, mm-hmm. and uh, and switch the mind off like that because yeah. When uh, when the season starts, you don't get to see family so often, so it's always uh, nice to spend some extra time with them. Mm-hmm. It must be hard to to uh, to miss your family for a big chunk of the year. Is that the toughest part of being an athlete? Would you say, or is there anything else that you would think of as a toughest part of being an athlete? I think the toughest part is uh, traveling and packing mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah, especially for me, I I sometimes uh, go away for half of a year. So I'm traveling with a half apartment and uh, it takes, <laughs> uh, takes a lot of time to to pick uh, pick up all the all the stuff and uh, technical things and uh, it takes some sometimes our nerves uh, to do it uh, almost every week yeah i can imagine it's it's a lot of work and then of course you you're probably not allowed to bring a lot of bags so uh, I have the bonus that I travel with my own bus. Like my own, my bus is uh, kind of also the team bus, so oh, okay. I can I can bring uh, a lot more than than <laughs> others as yeah as, as 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 it's my bus, so so I can take take the space and bring more. Well, right. now I've got questions. What what kind of things do you bring? I mean, obviously clothes and skis and your rifle, but what other what other things do you bring? Like what what uh, is something that that we wouldn't expect or that we might not guess? Uh, I have almost, uh, especially the last last years, I have almost full uh, complex of gym. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. Everything with uh, with the bars and discs and uh, bench and uh, and uh, and everything, so we can uh, make uh, make the proper gym in the if, in the hotel hallway if if we need. <laughs> so so that's one un- kind of untypical thing that probably not uh, all athletes have. And uh, also, yeah, maybe you know the skier concept, uh, skierg. That is also a special, uh, special trainer for cross-country skiing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now especially uh, the first years when COVID, COVID came, and you never knew when you will uh, stuck somewhere. So it's uh, also a good thing to how to 
keep uh, proper trainings even you even if you are inside and then of course yeah then comes the maybe more typical things like uh, some bike and uh, recovery stuff and things like that so who who moves all this who who gets it all in and out of the hotel for you uh, i do a big part uh, <laughs> part myself but of yeah. course there is a uh, coaches and technical uh, boys yeah. that uh, that always help and uh, also other teammates so so it's it's teamwork so are you well it's good known strength training too yeah are, yes, are you yes. are you well known for uh, setting up a gym in the hotel hallway like do do other <laughs> athletes pass by and they say oh well there's there's Baba she's set up her gym in the hallway again uh maybe maybe yeah not uh, so much as I did uh, like like that, but uh, the first 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 year uh, there mm-hmm. there was uh, some athletes that was surprised and uh, also uh, asked if uh, they can use our gym. So <laughs> so yeah, it uh, it was a bit of a challenge, especially first years when you couldn't go anywhere and. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are used to make the strengths, you needed to find uh, find a way how to do it. Yeah, well, they they were jealous of all of your all of your equipment. Yes, yes, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what the listeners maybe not know is that uh, Biva actually helped me a little bit when I did some analysis on the uh, course distances, and she shared her uh, Strava data with me so I could actually see if the uh, the measurements from her Strava lined up with the courses and the length of the courses. Um, so we're going to do a few analytics questions. Um, do you use any data or analytics to track your performance or change your training plans, etc.? Or does your team do that for you? Or uh, I, yeah, I see of course i always try to check up the basic things uh, like uh, like uh, the pulse and uh, some way sometimes also the speed uh, speed on uh, downhills to see how the skis has been uh, working so so yeah i see see data that are provided from my garmin watch and uh, so I see that, and uh, I always, yeah, I love to, love to also see the Strava, Strava information. Well, where you can see some segments and uh, things like that. So, so yeah, I, it's not like uh, uh, a big part, but uh, but yeah, it's a use useful uh, tool to check up, especially the information about uh, races and uh, heart rate and things like that. And does does your team like do anything just more at the team level and do they get data from the IBU and that kind of thing or is that not really used? Uh, no, not so much, I think. Um, so RJ is, is much more of the analytics guy than, than me, um, but uh, I, I did have a couple of questions for you. So you mentioned, you know, some of the things that you look at. Um, when you're looking at things like your heart rate, are you looking at like your heart rate as you're entering and exiting the, the shooting range or, or are you just looking at your heart rate to sort of analyze um, how uh, intense your workout was, that sort of thing? 
Uh, no, it's mostly if uh, if uh, I'm watching the the race heart rate. It's uh, the things I'm looking for is like uh, average and maximum uh, maximum heart rate difference, and uh, also how how my heart rate has recovered on uh, downhills and uh, mm-hmm. and yeah and and uh, mostly things like that and uh, mm-hmm. and some intensity trainings yeah also also how good I have stayed in the zone where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And then do you use um, any of these data for uh, for like next day recovery and looking at um, you know what sort of workouts that you're going to be doing? Because I know that's something that, that a lot of athletes have started doing recently. Um, I yeah I I try to to look uh, look a bit uh, what uh, what my watch says and uh, if uh, if he starts to scream that I'm over training or I need to take a rest then uh, then mm-hmm. I take it uh, advice and maybe think uh, twice if the training I'm planning to do is the the best for today. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the situation this year, this season, with uh, Lisa Fitazzi just having this this weird trend of not shooting very well on her first prone um, during individual races, but still doing well in the in the pursuits. How would you like? I think every biathlete goes through sort of ups and downs with shooting, but do you think that's purely a mental thing, or is that is that part of the you know, shooting process that, that kind of breaks or is it anything related to skiing? Any thoughts on that? Oh, I think it's, uh, yeah, the big part might be, might be mental. And, uh, when you are on a race shooting, you like, uh, try to kind of switch off the mind. So it's not so easy to analyze what you have done in the done uh, wrong in the race because uh, often you don't even remember what exactly you did wrong. So, so yeah, it's uh, and when you have the bad races like that one after another, then yeah, you start to get scared and uh, <laughs> it gets even uh, even worse. So. It might uh, might uh, seem uh, seem easy, but yeah, at some some point it might uh, be hard to find uh, find solution why why exactly you you make the things like that when in training you don't do th- those mistakes. So mm-hmm. so yeah, it's uh, it's been uh, a bit kind of kind of weird, uh, and you never can go inside the other athletes heads what happens happens there so but but yeah it's i don't know where 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 it went uh, bad for her because in the season start and uh, especially we had was in uh, one place uh, before the season they were also italian team was also in uh, Sweden before the season and mm-hmm. there she looked uh, really confident and her shooting went well so but yeah it's easy to to miss it in one point mm-hmm. you mentioned being friends with uh, a lot of the Italian team members have you ever spoken to her about it or I mean obviously based on your answer you just gave it sounds like not but I'm just curious 
no, no, because yeah, because especially from the season start, it looked that she will uh, smash the season because mm-hmm. yeah, she was uh, often in really uh, good mood and uh, taking targets down really easily. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's easy to 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 lost it in some point, but uh, but now I haven't spoken to her personally about that. Is there any uh, stat you would you would like to see that you think would provide value to you? Mm, hard to say at the moment. I think there is already a good uh, statistics uh, with with the race analysis where you can see course time, shooting time, and things like that. So mm-hmm. from my side, it's uh, already enough. But uh, but yeah, it's always. Always uh, nice to see the different data to to pr- compare different things. So it's yeah, it's it's interesting also to see some things from other side. Also, I have been seeing also your statistics, and I see always <laughs> always see it uh, interesting. And uh, I always have loved the analytic side. So so yeah, it's it's interesting yet how different that also. Thank you. Um, so we have a, a final section um, that's more to get a bit of an insight of um, you know your team and uh, kind of future. You you mentioned earlier you're more of a looking one day at a time, but um, well, and again, if you don't feel like answering, that's totally fine. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you and your team are financed? And for example, what do you do with your prize money? Does it go to the team or is it just for you, et cetera? And again, if, if there's some stuff you don't want to talk about, of course you don't have to. Uh, yeah, we, we have one way where we get finances is our Olympic committee. So there is like... Uh, like a system how you can uh, get uh, get the money from olympic committee and you need to show certain re- certain results to to get there and uh, then there is yeah you can get uh, gold silver or bronze qualification of finances so yeah it depends on uh, your basically on your results in uh, world champs and european champs and uh, I have been lucky to to be also in uh, gold, and that has been a good uh, good help uh, for uh, for camp uh, camp and training money, and also also uh, salary. Mm-hmm. And uh, other part uh, comes from uh, from our, our federation, and they yeah they cover all the all the rest uh, rest finances it's also about traveling and also the camps and uh, things like that so for me it's like uh, yes it's like from for from uh, olympic committee and from federation and uh, about uh, prize money it's uh, it uh, goes uh, to myself but uh, there is like unwritten rule that you share it uh, some part with uh, coaches and technicians and mm-hmm. uh, and in that kind of way say thanks to them also for the for the work right right that's good 
And then, um, so I, I guess like sponsorships and stuff, that's all on an individual level. Uh, yeah. In, uh, in Latvia, it's not so easy to find the sponsors that are ready to, to give the money. So most of the sponsors are supporting with their products that are also mm -hmm. nice. And they're mm -hmm. in the sport, there are a lot of things you things you need so i have a lot of uh, sponsors like that who are who are ready to give their products and uh, and uh, and support the athletes in in that way right, right. any examples you can give us oh yeah i have starting from uh, clothes up to garmin and uh, Oakley sunglasses from Oakley Baltics mm -hmm. and uh, things like that. So, also some uh, uh, sport nutrition and uh, and things like that. So, I'm basically covered uh, with all the things I need. And <laughs> there's a, even the food, uh, the breakfast cereals. So, so yeah, it's it's nice. Terrific. So um, I'm going to ask you to get out your crystal ball and look into the future. So in 10 years, uh, do you think that the IBU World Cup will look pretty much the same as it does now? Or do you think there will be a new set of teams that are near the top? So do you think it'll still be France and Norway leading the way? Or do you think there's some other teams that are, that are on the rise? Mm, I think it was with uh, with years there is more and more athletes that are in uh, equal equally high level and it's uh, it's getting closer and uh, closer and uh, i think it's coming close that uh, there will not be enough uh, targets in the pursuit <laughs> and then we're yeah so but i think the 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 big countries will stay the stay the same because yeah they're still have the good traditions and uh, everything and enough uh, athletes were to get out those those strong strong athletes so so i think it still uh, still be norway france uh, germany and then big countries like that mm -hmm. you mentioned running out of uh pursuit targets um i know in the ibu cup level they do the uh, mass start 60 where they have 60 athletes and then they start sort of like the first third group of 30 shoots and then the second group of 30 skis a lap and then they shoot and then the, the first group um skis a lap do you think we'll be seeing more of that because of the uh the increase of the level uh maybe i think uh, yeah especially nowadays you can see that many sports are trying out uh, new distances and uh, ways how to how to show their sport in television so mm -hmm. so i think we might see that more often but i hope that uh, also the regular races will will stay, and uh, I would, for example, loved to see more individual races because it's the classic race and it's uh, the tough one of the toughest races. And uh, I'm not uh, not not maybe not the fan that races are getting shorter and shorter, and 
for television and uh, I hope that uh, also long formats will uh, stay. <laughs> so you mentioned um, uh, that you would like more individual uh, races. Do you, is, is that your favorite discipline or do you have a favorite discipline? Uh, actually, actually no, but, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it's mostly two or three times when we have individual racing through the season. So it's not so much. And, uh, especially this year with the Olympics, I think it was even two races where you mm -hmm. decided the individual globe. So that's, uh, not, uh, I think, uh, not, not the, the way to for the discipline and it uh, should be should be more often but uh, but it's not my my favorite even i would love to race it more but uh, my favorite is sprint mm -hmm. um, did, you, did you do the um the sprint version where they have a, a qualifier first and then the finals have you done that at, at some level uh in uh, yes i have in winter, I think I haven't done it. I have done it in summer, if I'm not oh, okay. wrong. So I asked you a moment ago to, to look into the future. Um, what do you see for the future of uh, Latvian biathlon? Uh, at the moment, it's, uh, it's challenging. And uh, I think it's one of the moments, again, when the ages are uh, changing and uh, we struggle a bit uh, to have enough uh, athletes for highest level so mm -hmm. so it's uh, it's not it's not easier easiest years for 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 Bitlen in Latvia but uh, but I hope that uh, as it has always went in the waves that uh, that in some moment we 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 will be back with uh, with with full uh, woman and man team and uh, I believe that uh, that uh, there will be enough enthusiastic uh, athletes uh, out there that uh, will stay till the till the adult uh, adult uh, years. You, you know. I'm sorry. You mentioned earlier that you uh, had an interest in coaching. Could we ever see a uh, coach Baiba as the head of the the Latvian team? Ah, oh, hard to say. Hard to say. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I have picked up quite a lot of uh, experience, and uh, I kind of also try to analyze and uh, make uh, be part of my own training plan. So. I think yeah, through the years I have, have collected quite of experience, and uh, so maybe it would be useful to to share my knowledge with with others. But but we'll see <laughs> if it will will seem interesting uh, for me also after a few mm -hmm. years, or if I will okay. be tired tired from Batman. <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're ready to move on to to just just being a runner or whatever else you want to do. Yeah, yeah. You uh, know of any younger talent that's doing well in uh, in the biathlon for Latvia right now? Or, oh, as I said, yeah, there is uh, quite uh, 
quite a time of transition, but uh, but uh, yeah, there is uh, some uh, some maybe even uh, young girls uh, athletes, but uh, but on that uh, that uh, small kind of small age, it's hard to hard to say mm-hmm. say where where they will uh, will go, and right, that's right. at the moment uh, we don't have the any really strong uh, junior or or uh, yeah, athletes but uh, but there are some some mm-hmm. for example that are already in the world cup uh, ma- made their world cup debuts in uh, world mm-hmm. cup for example for for uh, women it's uh, sister bullyness and uh, for men now it's uh, birkenthal so i hope uh, they their career also goes in uh, goes well and uh, they they can show show some really good results in the future so speaking of of young athletes are, do you have any favorite young athletes from from other nations that you're really uh, you're really interested in or that you think are, are going to be really good in a few years uh, at the moment i haven't uh, followed the so so mm-hmm. much in the Yosun Junior category, but uh, but yeah, the for example from this year's uh, Junior Championships, it was kind of surprise for me that uh, Estonian uh, boy did so well. So mm-hmm. I haven't noticed it uh, before that uh, they have strong athletes uh, athletes out there also in that age. So it was it was nice surprise that he I think. Uh, he took gold, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So we have one more question. Um, is there anything you can think, or anyone you can think of that you believe we should talk to in the future on this podcast? Uh, maybe I would say maybe her English is not the best, but uh, it will be maybe interesting with... Uh, Bulgarian uh, Milena Todorova. So mm. yeah, we are kind of good friends also with uh, her, and uh, yeah, she also has kind of equal situation with me when uh, she is at the moment uh, the only only like uh, the strongest athlete in the team, and uh, also waiting uh, waiting for other young girls to pick up their level to to help mm-hmm. her in the team. Oh, uh, how would you feel if the IBU would allow smaller nations to um, participate together? Like if, you know, you're saying, so for example, you and, and your friend from, from Bulgaria, um, if you could compete together as one team? I think it uh, would be interesting and uh, maybe sometimes... Uh, easier also with all the technical stuff because uh, yeah the 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 hardest part is to prepare for example the skis for the race for the small countries because you need to do the the equally big job uh, no matter what no matter if you have one athlete or four or six athletes out there mm-hmm. there you still uh, need to do a really huge job uh, even if you have one athlete so right. it might be 
maybe easier to 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 small countries to to come together and also financially a bit easier. Right. All right. So that was all our questions. Um, if if you actually if you have a few oh, minutes, I yeah. had a couple of questions I wrote down that For sure. were just uh, just fun things. Um, uh, so did you have these are completely at random? So I apologize. These are these are pretty <laughs> wild. Um, so we mentioned uh, way back at the beginning, favorite place to uh, to be. You mentioned uh, Antholtz and and Canmore, but do you have a favorite place to go just for fun, just for vacation? Um, yeah, it's in on vacation. You always try to search for some beach with with nice <laughs> environment, but I guess I. Still, uh, I'm still in the search for my favorite place. Sure. Speaking of some beach, I noticed I I had pulled up your um your Instagram profile. I, I had never. You have a, a tattoo on your leg. It looks like of mountains. Is that a particular mountain range, or is that just mountains in general? Uh there is actually part of uh, Canmore Mountains there. So, so yeah, that's that's also the. The thing that uh, why I love that place and uh, allow those three sister mountains there and uh, yeah that's uh, that's uh, one part of my tattoo there. And you, so you carry Canmore with you everywhere. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Mountains are always with me. <laughs> and then one more season, and you guys are coming back here, right? With the with the World Cup. Yes, I'm uh, really looking looking forward for that. Um, if you had one part that you could, would you, would you rather be a, like a, a, a terrific shooter or a, would you rather be just extremely fast? Like, uh, Elvira was at the beginning of the season, which one would you prefer? I would say as I have been struggling with shooting the, especially this season, I would say the shooter, like. I have mm -hmm. always uh, wanted to be the one of the best shooters out there, and those, I have always admired those uh, good shooters that uh, hits almost almost all the all the targets during season, and that's quite impressive. Maybe yeah, uh, be like uh, Simon Ader, um, and then uh, like I said, these are these are very uh, scattershot questions. But do you have uh, any any particular books, movies, TV shows that you watched during the season or read during the season that you would uh, recommend to everybody out there? Uh, I'm quite boring in this this kind of uh, things, but from series, uh, I they are on, not showing them, not, there is not a new series now, but uh, I, love, I love Vikings. That's, oh yeah, uh, yeah. That's one of my favorite series out there. So, so when uh, when it's a new season there, I always watch watch that and uh, waited for new series there. So, so yeah, that's maybe one I can uh, pick up from from favorites. Speaking of Vikings, there was a new movie that came out called The Northman. So maybe you can have yes, that to look I watched watch that also. Yeah. Did you? Was it good? Yes. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, in some moment it uh, from the start it uh, looked good, but 
still the Vikings are better. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'll still I'll still check it out though. Um, and then uh, um, oh, I had another one written down. I totally lost it. Oh well. Um, thank you for indulging me on my on my my strange questions. No problem. Oh, oh uh, you watched Vikings. Did you watch um, any other TV shows along those lines? So things like like Game of Thrones or Outlander. Uh, I have been uh, watching uh, Game of Thrones, but it has been already many years ago. Mm -hmm. So I watched a uh, few seasons, but uh, then on some moment uh, I stopped. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't watched it till end. Till then. So what uh, what do, do the next um, the the next few months look like for you? Oh, it will be yeah. Uh, it will be mostly eating, sleeping, and training, and uh, <laughs> and repeat. So, so yeah. When the when the real training starts, there is uh, always feeling that there is not enough hours uh, during the day. Mm -hmm. So, would you be willing to maybe later in the summertime to come on with us and uh, kind of give us an update on? on how your training is going and, and how your, uh, your summer is progressing. Yeah, it might, might be fun. Perfect. Well, we would, we would love it. I, I'm speaking for RJ here, but I know we would, we would really yes. enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Um, just wanted to give you a moment before we go, uh, that if there's anything that you want to, uh, to mention, um, whether it's, uh, you want to mention your own, uh, I mentioned your Instagram, uh, page and Twitter, you're, you're pretty active there. Um, if you wanted to mention any of uh, your sponsors or anybody, if you just wanted to to say hey, um, just wanted to give you an opportunity to do that before we went before we left. Yeah, one more thing I have love to do is uh, video editing and uh, doing some kind of blog videos. I have been uh, haven't been posted uh, anything uh, there almost a year, but uh, I'm planning to maybe come back with some 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 new videos and uh, that's also some some kind of uh, my my hobby so yeah what software do you use try to sorry what software do you use for video editing uh adobe premiere pro okay. so yeah yeah i i was uh, learning a bit of uh, that also in the school so so yeah and it's it's uh for my, see, it seems fun for me to to do that and uh, to put the camera in uh, teammates' face and see their reaction. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's uh, fun to sometimes make the some videos from the training camps. Uh, even even I haven't made so much lately, but I'm planning to maybe maybe come back for visit. Where do you post those? Uh, I have a YouTube YouTube channel. Channel. so so yeah you can you can search there and see see my previous works and and uh, yeah from the training camps and things like that yeah so you have your own website you have your own website too right uh, yes but i don't uh, i'm not super active there and uh, i haven't uh, haven't uh, um Put the newest information uh, there, but uh, yeah, there you can also find some basic information about mm -hmm. 
Okay, to all our listeners, go to uh, to Twitter and Instagram and search up Viva Bendika and uh, look her up on YouTube as well. Viva, uh, thank you so much for your time. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, and I really appreciate uh, how hard it is for you because you told us earlier that sitting still is hard for you, and we, we <laughs> kept you for uh, for over an hour. So I really appreciate that, and uh, and thank you for that. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. Anything you right. wanted to, to say at the end? Anything you want to come back to? Oh, I'm, I'm good. You're good? Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. We'll let you go. Okay. Bye. Bye. bye.